practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. New year, new river to fall into and die. Should old acquaintance. How is your, uh, oh wait, new year, uh, uh. New year, new attitude, new look. Uh, same intro, my name's Gary. Uh, already (laughs) taking it out of context from our other pod from have a good night court the more things change the more they stay gary gary we were talking about well i guess uh welcome to the jerk practice podcast yes got hans here casey missing a henning but thus is life new year like i said new year new look henning's gonna have a sick fade (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a right. couple dollar signs shaved in the side. Oh, uh, we were, but uh, as far there is no Gary here. But we were just talking about uh, how nobody's played with the term. Uh, what was it again? I already forget the term. I'm back and I'm better than ever. What is it? Yeah, that's back what and the, better the than ever. Cat- catalyst was back and better than ever. But had they? Because you you posited that there was possibly some sort of dumb dad T-shirt out there. Well, nobody just says I'm back and. I mean, isn't that enough for you? (laughs) I'm not good enough for you. I'm not. I'm back. I didn't. I'm not hanging from in a from a closet rod. Come on. (laughs) It's like we talked about. I was jerking off in the face of the Grim Reaper, man. I love life so much. Welcome to 2017. Have a lemon. Oh, wait, it's 2018. (laughs) Fuck. That's oh, man. How's your new year starting? Uh, it was, it's pretty good. It, I guess it didn't really set in because we both talked about it. We were on a, a a bit of a hiatus for travel. Yeah. Because we both were unfortunately both in South Dakota each for about two weeks, but not at the same time. Two weeks is too long. Too yeah, long. It's, it's probably about nine, ten days too long. Yeah, it really, really is. And I'm not trying to get down on any of that. Oh, any, no, Anybody no. or any geography. It's uh, well, Let's just make it about me. In my personal opinion, two weeks is too long. It's it's like something. There's something about like kicking around the old hallways of your youth. Yeah. Like I didn't need to be reminded of my younger self. Like you I were don't. talking about like all the old art. Yeah. Like it's awesome. And I sent you and Henning that picture of that my mom has a framed poster, which uh-huh. is one of our promo shots oh, from yeah. Jerk Practice right before we moved. It was like two months before we moved to New York City. We were we were king of the photo shoots back then. Oh man, we loved it. And that one had a backstory because there's like a uncle buck esque edit we folded the other guy out because there were it was four of us in the picture and then the dude bailed the two nights before the show oh my god you're right he just like we had uh took on this uh guy that henning and i went to school with really funny guy really like quirky artist and he was like i kind of would like to get into like performing comedy because he kind of he would he had made like albums with, with like prank calls. Oh yeah, that's right. But they were very like avant garde and, and interesting because he they weren't put his jerky name boys. On, it wasn't jerky. It wasn't like hey, it's your mom. You're gay. <laughs> you got um, you sell burgers here. You're gay. Uh, what? It was just really weird. And he would get people to call him. He'd put his name on all these call lists. And the funny thing about that was. They're not allowed to hang up on him. So he'd oh, do all these weird voices where he'd be right. like an old man, 
like a senile old man and it wasn't like Mr. Magoo-esque. It was like kind of bleak, sort of like weird. Um, so we were like, yeah, this guy's cool. He wants to do this. And he, we all you know, wrote a couple sketches and then we had this epic as we we've done in the past like sh- like guerrilla film shoot we we're like we're gonna film these uh interstitials that all took place in an office around a water cooler yes so we went into mcad where we went to school it was after hours they let us use one of the office spaces and he just didn't show up that's right i was and just gonna like i i thought you were gonna go in the other direction and it, he he was there and he was like i can't do this that's how like he bad just, my memory. He, he just didn't show. Just straight up bailed, and we tried to call him, and he didn't respond. And I think, you know, at like three a.m. while we're still in the thick of filming all this shit, he texted shoot. was like, "Hey, yeah, sorry, I don't want to do this anymore." Right? People are weird. Like, just say it. I do. We have that effect on people because that's not yes. the first time that's happened to us. We had a guy not show up for like our first, or not our first show. We had a a guy. After and we've we've told you guys this. This is this is getting in like this sounds sad, but we're still here. We're still standing. <laughs> all right. So this sounds sad, but we don't care. Yeah, yeah. It's only sad if you care. Um, that that's it. it you can't get out of this hole. <laughs> that's but your next T-shirt. It's only sad if you care. Oh my God, <laughs> we dredged him from the Charleston Bay. <laughs> he had a funny shirt on, real bloated. Um, smile. You still have that rictus smile. Oh God! I hope body. I go with the the old rictus grin. Um, I was gonna say. Oh, uh, one. Yes, we have that effect on people. Two. It's happened many times. But we had a guy. Uh, what I was getting at is when we were lived in Minneapolis, we fucking rehearsed the piss out of these sketch shows. Show traditional sketch uh, show interstitials, filmed, five sketches, filmed them and yes. rewatched them. Yes. We had tapes and tapes and tapes. Mm-hmm. As if we're like the fucking Green Bay Packers and we need game footage. It was game footage. The only difference was as soon as we hit play on the game, we just like, can't watch it. We couldn't it's stand like watching each other do it. You c- I can't sit and watch this immediately. So um, anyways, we went through that with one of the guys in the sketch troupe and he just no called, no showed on a show. So think about that. This is like Malcolm Gladwell shit. He put in... A hundred hours to this show, and then the day of the show just went, I can't do it. No call, no. We didn't talk to him for like four days. (laughs) I think we're just, I think people just don't want to hurt our feelings. We're just such soft, doughy, sensitive beings. I I love that. It's like, don't want to hurt our feelings by not showing up to a show we paid to rent the space. I know. We've invited everyone we know. We spent the last month juice and co-workers and friends of friends for a show right just show up and then tell us after the show over a shot like i don't want to do this anymore like don't just not you're in the entire show yeah that that was a lot yeah oh man i hadn't thought about that for a for for a while uh oh man yeah i mean you know what uh what what's a good analogy do we do that to people we're like uh Oh, human cheese graters. <laughs> watch out. Watch. You can grate. It's a beautiful thing. You got a nice block of sharp cheddar on us and you're grinding away. And ooh, look at these beautiful strings of cheese. Guess, it's melting. Right, it's, it's going right over this pizza. Nice and smooth. But you go too long. You get those knuckles. Get those first row of knuckles. Get a little sore. Get a little raw. 
That's where all the enthusiasm out of everyone involved. God bless my wife. She agreed to direct us a few times. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And we need that. You know, I think uh, uh, to, to ever do it again, you got you to gotta get out of your own. At least at the, at least you can write it, you can perform it, but in, you, you got to have an outside perspective. You got to have somebody oh, outside yeah. going, that's not working. That's, this is working. Are you guys seriously eating your second lunch? It's only 10 a.m. <laughs> like, you got you to gotta keep slice? somebody... Somebody's got to push you, I should say. Oh, which was always, which is a fun conversation because Ashley's like, okay, like you paid for the space. I'm directing you. They re- you really, everybody needs to go get pizza right now. I know. And I have to be like, this is just how it works. Like you got like, we got to have, it's like a pizza on the stick. It was like, give them the pizza break and then. Yeah, you gotta get that pepperoni you, high. You gotta go through like the vein on the side of my forehead had been tensed so many times in my life by those points. Like it's almost like you're running stimpy, like a bike tire just going, just deflating. <laughs> yeah. And once it's deflated, that's good. You just go, I roll with it. It'll all turn out. You do my part. You be supportive, and, and you just go with it. And 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 that's hindsight, even being twenty twenty, because I'm going to a few times where you know what they didn't work. Like I really wanted the sketches to work, and yeah. um, through no fault of many reasons, other than too many pizza pies and not enough line work, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't go well. It was bizarre, and it was always the start of a sketch show. And again, should be the name of the episode. We're still standing. Still standing, baby. Yeah, man. I mean, and it, it it's how it should be. We're like the band Chicago or, you know, Steely Dan. <laughs> there, there's, there should only be the, the, the remaining three members, you, me, and Henning. It's how it started. It's how it should remain. You always want outside influence, but, you know, you got a core group of, uh, you, you, you got to be careful. You can't put out that fire entirely. You want to keep a few embers burning. Oh, yeah. So when, you, when we do the revival tour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, my new year. I I am um you ever see that movie Prefontaine? Two Is came out at the same time. Jared Leto or the, the Jared Leto one? one, not the Billy Crudup yes. one. How does that happen? Does that Which really happen with studios just like those guys almost look alike as right. well. Yeah. So I think I've seen both of those movies. But now have like a super cut in my head. And I was like, no, no, there's only one Prefontaine movie. Well, there is only in my book, there is only one Prefontaine movie. And it played on stars from 1995 oh, yeah. to 1996. So I've seen it a hundred times. But there is only <laughs> one Prefontaine movie because there's only one Prefontaine movie where the one and only Al Bundy has a monologue at the end where he tears up. You, is it Phil Knight? That, that's special. No, he plays... Um, Phil Knight's played by that uh, Arlie Ermy. No, excuse okay. me. I was gonna not say, Phil, Phil Knight. Knight's not eighty years old. <laughs> no, he uh, he's uh, Arlie Ermy plays the guy who actually invented Nikes. That's oh, a different guy. He was the coach of the Oregon track team. He's the guy who came up with the concept of Nikes, which the concept was: I'm going to make running shoes that last one race, which means. They're going to be super light, super sharp and durable, and that's it. You're going to break through them because that's what you want. Like, you just want that yeah. one bang. 
Um, and then I don't know where Phil Knight came in, but somehow he bought the concept of Nikes from this guy. Al he Bundy was plays the toilet like, in the locker room and went, huh? Shoes? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He made them with the the original guy made them with a waffle iron. Just threw some rubber and a waffle iron. Got the pattern for the the bottom cleat, and then just tied some I don't know, fabric to the top. He, I, I mean, I don't like when people swoop in and like steal ideas, but. Isn't that always how it works with the actual inventor of stuff? Of course. They're fucking maniacs. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pour rubber on a goddamn waffle iron. Well, maybe. So this, so no wonder all these people lose <laughs> That's why races. you're not Phil Knight. Like, Phil Knight's a shark. Like, I get that. Like, yeah. He is a gross, shrewd businessman. So, of course, he stole from you because you're insane. Right, right. But what did he really steal at the end of the day? Just the idea that... You want to make a lighter shoe? Or was it just a focused running shoe? Did that not exist at the time? Somebody running in, like, Chuck Taylor's lasted a little too long in athletics. Let's be honest. Dress clogs. Oh, yeah. No way. I think Larry Bird wore Chuck Taylor's, like, in his first, like, in his games in college. Come on. No, and those shoes are, yeah. Those shoes literally are just waffle iron rubber. Those shoes aren't for walking. Those shoes are for photo shoots. Oh, nothing beats taking a hard fall on a pair of chucks and you're just like, gah! Yeah, 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 yeah. These they, are not meant to do anything. Not that, not that hard canvas upper, <laughs> which has no ankle support. Those are your basketball shoes. They went, they came out with the low tops originally and all the basketball players were like, hey, we need some ankle support. So they literally just, just made them higher with more <laughs> flimsy... Uh, they just gave the you fabric. an extra sock. They they probably were worse for you because you had you initially had the um, misconception that you had ankle support. Take a hard oh, yeah. left. It's like those air, those airplane life preservers. They're not really under the seat. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't, hot takes. I'm coming in 2018. Hot takes. Ooh, taking it to the uh, life preserver. <gasps> no, but going back to Prefontaine, like. Oh yeah, is how, that just ha- how quaint the '90s were? Like, was the world really clamoring for the story of a a, a cross country runner? Right. The the he he ran the 800 dash and lost. It's so funny because I know about Prefontaine and only because of those movies. I don't think an eight. I don't think you say 800 dash. By the way, God, 800 meter dash uh, jog. Is that what it is? Is that a dash? Really? That's a long ways. That's a, yeah, that's a run. Anyway. A dash is short. No, but, but like the fact that there track was a, talk. two like okay movies about a runner who is tacitly connected to Nike. Is that just how popular Nike is? Oh, you think Nike is that really the under is that propaganda for Nike? Huh. Phil Knight stole the logo and the name. I think for a while they just made their their um their uh what do you call it? What do you call uh, I can't think of the word. Their equation for making movies was let's make something mildly recognizable for a pretty moderate budget. Let's get a yeah at the time maybe a B level sitcomer like Bond and stars will buy it. Get it with squirt a few tears. That's true, I guess. And then stars will play it for two years every two Ad days. Nauseam. Yes, that and the Bruce Lee story starring his nephew or whatever. Or you could switch to Encore and watch Brewster's Millions a hundred times. <laughs> oh my god, yes. 
I was so happy the first time I watched it because I was like, I've never seen this. Uh, you know, an, an undiscovered John Candy nugget. And then I was like, I can't watch it anymore. Yeah, I've too seen many it too times. many times. It's... I know too much about that stamp. Right. Like, yes. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. There's something about, I mean, can you name, this will be controversial to any comedy fans out there. Can you name a good Richard Pryor movie that he starred in? Not that he wrote. I know he helped write Blazing Saddles, and that's one of my favorites. But can you yeah. name a really uh, good? And don't try and drop nostalgia out because I'll, I'll if Brewster Millions, I'm clicking by. I'll watch probably the whole thing. The Toy, even I'll watch, and that's a craziness movie. Now, Toy's pretty good. Look, the the the. I'm not letting you answer, but there is a sidebar where I really love the relationship between Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Yeah, yeah. Right? Silver Streak. Uh, oh, don't you dare. Like, I rewatched that. That movie sucks. Exactly. Thank you. And that's that the one people go to. sucks. Yes. I thought it was going to be good. It's the driest biscuit of a movie. Nothing happens. You only get Pryor, like, two-thirds of the way through. But it's like a quaint sexual thriller, murder mystery. It's not even like that's too spicy even for what Silver Streak is. Silver Streak sucks. Yes. You heard it here first. And I'll go one further. And I think I've had this argument because somebody went at me with hear no evil, see no evil sucks. I Not as bad. It's a million times better than Silver Streak. And that being said, it's not very good. So... Richard Pryor is a like a, he's a stand up. I don't know if anything could, he's a great one of the greatest comedians of all time. Without question. Let's it, it, coming out of our mouths who cares, but that's without a yeah. doubt. But as far right. as a movie like he, career like he needed me to put that on. I, yeah, who's Daniel. out there going, "Ah oh boy, I got to mm. I don't know about this Richard Pryor." But as far as movies, I mean and then I think we want those movies to be better than they are because you don't because you have limited Richard Pryor material. In the end, because I love really, Richard at the Pryor end of the day. and Gene Gene Wilder didn't do a ton of movies. I don't think Gene Wilder did. He did two good movies. <laughs> I think Richard Wilder, three. Richard Wilder, he's at least got three. Hold on, hold on. Let me see if I can name. I can name two that, and these might not even be in your list. Uh, Gene Wilder, it's Richard Wilder. I need a shirt like that, by the way. Uh, just trademarked. A just a name. Uh, maybe that's a baby name. Um, all right. Two movies that are phenomenal and phenomenal performances, without a doubt. Producers. Oh, my God. Yes. Three movies. Yeah. Producers. Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Blazing Saddles. Well, it was good. My personal favorite is... Young Frankenstein. Frankenstein. There's four. Uh, he's a phenomenal man. He's that's good, good. That's you know what? Four amazing movies. Was I? Oh my god! See, you. 2018 is like been a black hole for me because of travel and just been <laughs> in the Antarctica and it snowed down in a place where it's literally hasn't snowed in a decade. And not only that, it snowed uh, in, in the record amount than snow has ever been recorded down here. So it's just been like. Mm. The seasonally has not been well. So to come out with a statement that Gene Wilder, the, the base statement is Gene Wilder has never made a good movie <laughs> to immediately within 60 seconds say, well, he's made four of the best movies in <laughs> right. cinema 
not only that, maybe four of the best performances. So that's insane. All right. I'm... And he's really good in Bonnie and Clyde. Oh my God, you're right. He's fantastic in that. He's got like 10 minutes screen time, but like, so, like just fucking kills it. Gene Wilder just being like a skeevy, like, oh, I'll let you bandit steal my girlfriend. Just don't kill me. Putting myself on the list. I'm letting Gene list me for this episode. No, but you're right about Richard Pryor. Like, his best movies are, like, it's sad to think that it's the kid, or the toy. Yeah, how did they, uh, you know, I think, I don't need to dissect Richard Pryor, but, like, he just got so big, and he had so many problems with drugs, and you can see, like, how amazing of a writer and a performer, how how amazing of a writer he is, hands down, one of the best comedy writers of all time. How amazing of a performer he is when he's performing his own writing. Yes. Boom. You know how easy it must be to get to that level and then go, I'm fucking writing my stand-up. You're going to offer me how much money for a movie? Why would I put, you know, fuck it. I, I'm not going to spend more fair, time been... writing my, you know. I, that's a different mindset now, mm-hmm. I think. And I think it'd be a different mindset for him if he was clean and sober. But he's like, I'm going to party write my stand-up, and I'm going to pay for both of those things by doing these ridiculous movies by... I think he would have... He's probably more akin to a Louis C.K. had he been in a different time. Yeah. When when you could actually just write your own TV show or your own movie and someone would give you money to make it. Like, he was still juiced into the, you know, classic Hollywood structure. Like, there's no, like, indie outlet. That's a good point. Which I think he probably would have done. Because he did, like, he's done a bunch of movies I haven't seen that I know were, like, passion projects of his. Yeah. That weren't him shucking and jiving, per se. Right. Like, being the goof, the goofy to a white kid, or the goofy counterpoint to, uh, like, a goofy white guy. Hey, uh, I like the, uh, we can pin it, but uh, I like the the transition from a Louis C.K. Because we finally got what we were asking for. We're questioning... Where are where are the hunks in the Chauvitin? Oh, we got them. We the, got them. The biggest. Right? And we're we thinking of the same guy? Oh, Franco? Yeah. Freak, freak himself? Yeah. Spanish Lumber emperor. Man. But, hey. What's interesting about that to me is uh, he, the next, he, so he went on, I don't know, so the backstory is James Franco's now been accused of being a Chauvy. By like it's four women. That tin, baby. What's that? I said this. This tin's getting real big. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a pool now. It's one of those shrimp nets. Um, he uh, he's been accused by all these women, and then the next day he was on Stephen Colbert, and they addressed it, and he addressed it, and you go back and watch it, and he basically addresses it, in my opinion, the same way everybody addresses it. it he does a mix of Trump. Republican addressing it, whereas the people that are really getting away with it are the people that say, nope, nope, and they stand hard. Roy Moore, he lost the election, but he still like has this weird base that didn't abandon him. Trump, Bill uh, uh, O'Reilly, like the people that are just like, nope, and don't acknowledge it, and literally even say they're liars, are the ones who basically don't live in the news cycle. They really don't. I mean, I guess that maybe that's not fair, Trump and that, but they're not villainized completely i right, it doesn't story, feel like it 
the story flounders because they just say no. Right. And you can only run so many stories that like, he's lying. Why are you lying? You go, I'm not lying. Whereas you can dissect uh, exactly what I'm doing is, is Franco's response is like, I don't know why they would say that. I believe that women should be empowered. I believe in the movement. But then he ends with, so that's the, like, that's the um, Franken side of the, that's Franco's Franken. And then the other side <laughs> is him just going, um, but, or no, 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 that's the, that's the denial. That's the Trump toot. And then the Franco's yeah. Franken is the next side where he goes, but if I did, I should pay restitution. To which me goes, yeah, he was a chauvie and now he's got to pay yeah. for it. But the response is the next day on Twitter, and I think this is a hunk factor calling it here was very um supportive of him ashley judd's like he did the right thing i was like i don't think he did anything different other than he's got pretty eyes be like that's funny i didn't know that i was like because she was so out against weinstein right weinstein's disgusting yeah he's a goom he's he should be a mario villain Yes. And James Spitting Franco eggs. is the third member of Contra that was just Uncle Bucked out of the <laughs> yeah, opening yeah. screen. Oh <laughs> uh, no, that's you're totally like, why defend him? He did something wrong, right? And but, but why villainize him either? Like, but like he didn't do like. I think the second the response should just be like, I think a lot of guys out there because I think it's just the way that it was should just go. Like, I think a lot of guys are, like, still sweating. They're like, when's it going to come to me? Instead of just coming out and going, like, I support this movement, but yeah. I also, like, was just a gnarly douchebag around some people. I went to bars and got drunk and was like, change the channel like Bob Crane. And, like, yeah. just come out it's and me. say, like, I was really wrong. <laughs> well, it's like, it gets kind of skeevy when you look at what went down. It was like that one... One of the people who accuses him was one of his former students. With the $100 thing? And he had them take art pictures naked. Yeah. So people are defending, like, she got she got paid. She knows what she's in for. Right. But eh, he's using his hunkness to, like, get a little extra. Right. But you don't. I, I'm speaking for, for a situation. I'll never have to worry about hunkness factor. Um. This is this 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 um, conversation is coming from a guy who almost broke his remote playing your emulator because Beavis and Butthead doesn't make any sense for it's Super nonsense. Nintendo. It's no, don't do you it. You can't get out of the second room. No, <laughs> it's literally two rooms. It's so frustrating. I was like, "What are you looking for? What am I looking for?" I was like, "Why is am it, I here?" I was like, "Meg, I need to go out this window." She's like, "Can you pick something up and break it?" I was like. I accidentally pressed two buttons and it looked like I did a sweeping pickup motion, but I couldn't re I couldn't uh I couldn't recreate it. Um I don't so, know how I got out, but I did and it doesn't get any better. Did you get outside? To I find the to broken the ticket stubs? I love yeah. that out of seven hundred games you and I both have played Beavis and Butthead in the last month. I played it first. Like, I was like, <laughs> I was oh, I remember this third being good. one. I played Turtles I in Time, it. Super Punch Out, and then yep. Beavis and Butthead. Uh, okay, Hunkness. I don't know. I can't speak for him, but like, James Franco's just, I mean, it. it's like, 
women must be throwing them itself. Is it a weird power thing? Or does it all always come back to power and not sex? Because they go hand in hand for someone like that, I'd imagine. Ooh, you were in you were in the room with him. Get any funny vibes? P- but I was the one going. Give her uh, just give her eighty bucks. You can just see your titties then. <laughs> God. Uh, no, but like, of course, like he's never had problems. He, may, I mean, I'm not going to speak on his behalf, but like, he's been like a good-looking, famous guy for most of his life. Probably going on twenty years, without a doubt, going on twenty years now. So it gets to that Louis C.K. Like, what gets you? What gets you going, man? What turns your crank? Like, what turns his crank? Having power over somebody, right? Or you could just be a good dude and like not have to take skeevy art photos of a former student. Like something in there, he's like, "Ooh, this is gonna be good." Uh, Jake She's the Snake barely syndrome. legal. Jake the Snake Syndrome. Uh, I love yeah, that. No, exactly what you and Verno were talking about. Like. For- You've tasted all of the fruits of life. Like, where are you going to go? Like, Alexander wept because there was no world to conquer. Like, he ran out of fucking shit. That's great. That's great. I hadn't heard that in a long time. That's perfect. Speaking of wept, keep moving right along. I saw my first football game of the season yesterday. Eagles versus whoever. Atlanta. The only reason I watched it and I think I think I think it was on ABC. They got it right, baby. They sucked me in with a thirty for thirty on primetime about Ric Flair. Did you watch it? I've heard it's amazing. I of course watched it, and then not only that, I was so mesmerized I didn't get off the couch for like three more hours and ended up watching an entire football game. Ric Flair is <laughs> insane. It's so crazy. He yes. looks like you took a lighter to a basketball or something. It was like yeah. I can't describe. And he's the the he I I can't describe him. He's a very likable guy, like incredibly. He's a life charismatic. of the party, and that's his problem. He in the he weirdest can't not be way. Flair. He tells this. There's a beautiful animation in this. He tells stories about his loneliness without going as far as saying he's the loneliest man on the planet. They cut away to Triple yeah. H and uh, Brett Michaels and stuff to tell that to to literally give it to you straightforward. He's so lonely; he has to have people around him. But he's talking about how he went to a sports psychiatrist because they're like, "Rick, you got issues," and the psychiatrist is like just doing his intake, you know, like. What's your diet like? How much do you drink? Yeah. And he's like, mm, I drink about 12 beers a day and about six mixed drinks. He's like, how often do you do that? Every day. No, Mr. Flair. <laughs> how often do you do that? Every day. It's like, Every single day. stop. You drink a case of beer and six martinis a day, every day. And how long have you been doing that? He goes, well, it's 1987, and I've been doing it since 72, so you do the math. <laughs> and meanwhile, Meg was like, is he an alcoholic? I, and I literally had to answer, I don't know. I don't I know. Don't. He's the most functional like, alcoholic I've ever seen in my life. But then you look at his face, and you go like, oh, my God, he's like like a bloated Skeletor, if that makes any sense. But just seems totally... Capable now. Very emotional. He's got the emotions of an alcoholic. He'll cry at the drop oh, of yeah. a dime. Oh, man. No, totally. But, like, I I agree with you because you're like, I mean, I guess technically, but 
he just buys bar tabs for everybody. Yes. He's like a he's like a drunk Uncle Santa Claus. Like just like I love hanging out with him. I drink too much. I would too. There's he a story is in it. The daymaker. He is the saint yes. of daymakers. He was talking. He's like, I hated staying in shithole towns. I didn't know what to do with myself. And then it cuts immediately to an announcer who's like, I was with Ric Flair in like Kansas City. And we were staying at a residence inn. And he walked into the hotel bar where there was eight people, walked up to the bartender, and ordered 197 kamikazes. <laughs> And he was like, Rick, don't do that. He's like, we need to drink. And he's like, within an hour, everybody was dancing. The jukebox was filled for the next 10 hours. He was on the bar doing the hopskadoo, and everybody's having a good time. And all he was trying to do was stop himself from having to go to his hotel room alone. Like he just couldn't sit with himself. Oh, God. Because isn't he adopted? Isn't that his big, one of his big, he was, like, adopted by a rich family? So he's not the actual blood child of his, like, I think he's from, like, a well-to-do family down south, and his, like, dad is a lawyer, and his mom was a nurse. Yes. Uh, I did catch that there was affluence. Like, how much of a crazy nutcase he is. Yeah, he's, he's, he's literally, like, a just an anomaly an outlier if you will like nobody we can do throw, what we he throw does. it around a lot but like he's old huck finn he wrestled until 2008 legitimate match wrestling yeah like main event like proper like wrestlemania matches like, <laughs> the best is and it was it was really beautiful and he's like crying it was his retiring match it was a belt match and he lost because he's retiring and he goes away, and they're like, I don't think Rick can stay away from the magic. And the, next, the next season, he's being wheeled out in a wheelchair, and he's got a cane, and he's in a suit, and he's like, I'm never going to be gone! Never! And he's like, he's like, he can't stay away from the fame. Seriously, he never wrestled in WWE again, or hasn't. But he, you know what the next jump he went to? He went to that crazy cut-you-up league. Where he's getting body slammed oh, on tax. I literally think the movie The Wrestler is about him. So he's like Terry Funk? That's insane to me. Terry Funk still wrestles. And for, for a little backstory for people, Terry Funk is this very genteel sounding, he looks like a grandpa. Uh, he's from Texas. He kind of talks like this. I'm Terry Funk. And he's been wrestling since 1902, basically. <laughs> like... <laughs> like he was old he was an old man when Hans and I were in high school. He was years given ago. Jack LaLanne chest slaps. Uh and, but he is this big fat soft man who only does the most heinous matches ever. Like he went to Japan and he does the like barbed wire yes. rope matches and the like they fought like he's fought over like a like a fucking piranha pit. Like type of shit, <laughs> That's like so awesome. Could you do that? Could you do the the blood matches? I yeah. say that like, could we do a wrestling match? But say you're a wrestler, could you walk away from the fame? Or if the next offer was, we got a thumbtack wrestle for you. Uh they do it in some of the the lower tier leagues. Uh, WWE, you get fined. What if you bleed? No, they call it getting color. If you get color, you get fined like $30,000. Because the network finds the 
the show? Is that why? Cause because I- Vince McMahon, it's it's crazy to go back and watch the wrestling we watched in the nineties. Yeah. Like I just every now and then we'll turn on the, the WWE app and we'll watch an old match if I'm fucking petering around the house. And I watched one, I was like, Oh my god. Like they used to just like at the drop of a hat. Yes. Like yeah. they get hit in the head, boom, blood gushing. Because they like, prime it, right? They the... prime it pre-match. They put little scrapes yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Or you keep a little razor in your clothes. And That's you... crazy. Yeah. But it wasn't even like a, a belt match. It wasn't a thing. It was like Triple H and, and Rick. It was Rick Flair. It was involved. Rick Flair and uh, another guy just kind of like get the drop on the, on the guy that was the champ. And he was blood, like gushing blood. And this guy, like they fit. You could see the blood on his... Triple H's fifth. Oh, that's awesome. It's so grisly and crazy. I mean, they why? Do it like, it's they a show. PG thirteen. They changed the product because but of it got too violent and too crazy. Did they, they drop? It in. Did they drop like the racist xenophobe story arcs too? Like that used to be the big part of wrestling. Is literally their story arcs where, like, uh, Cory Booker, not Cory. <laughs> Oh, Booker, Booker T. Booker T. Cory Booker, Corey Booker T. Booker, that'd be the best. <laughs> that's another shirt, Cory Booker T. And it's, I'm sure that's too spicy. Anyways, <laughs> Booker T, uh, you know, like Booker T versus the, the, what was it? The Raven's Nest. Like they had race wars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's definitely muted. Like it's, they've tempered it down. Like when we were watching it, like you said, they just played up the racist stuff. Like. There was a wrestler called Gold Dust, yes. who was just basically a hermaphrodite cross-dresser yep. that wore, and all of his storylines were like, he's going to steal your wife or your husband, and like, he was like, they, like, if a gay person could be a creature, like, that's how they portrayed him. <laughs> that's the best. I got it. You got to bring, didn't they have like a, a wrestler named like the Brooklyn Beauty, who was just like a tough guy from Brooklyn, but he always wore a dress? No ex, no sexual explanation. Yeah. No, nothing to no, that they, nature. It's, it's muted. They still play that up, and I I gotta find this match if it's on YouTube to send it to you because I was like, this is Hans's guy. This wrestling match is fucking. It was so good, and it was the, like the lower tier. It's the same one that Cassius Ono, the dad, wrestles in. Ooh, it's this guy. He's called the Velveteen Dream. <sighs> yeah. And it's basically how I would describe this guy, like just this muscular African-American man. But it's like if you could uh, Latrell from Revenge of the Nerds, Mm -hmm. if he could Hulk out, he would be this guy. So he's this like he's got an afro and he wears like dresses like Prince. And he's Mm -hmm. just this. They, you know, they, he's he's not gay, but like that's kind of how they frame it. It's like it's this big, strong, and he punches like Lamar Latrell would. Like this guy got this character down, so he's I just like that. this hulking guy called the Velveteen Dream. In the match he was wrestling, he fought this guy named like Alice Alistair Black. Oh, so he's just like a death metal dark. tattoos, like deadly serious, like. His opening is like the Dracula, like huh. he's on a plank and he rises up out of the steam oh, so with good. his hands on his chest like a corpse. 
So this guy's just so deadly serious, so like black metal, straight man, machismo, never smiles, never like, I just win. And he's fighting this dude, the Velveteen Dream. And it was so awesome because they like showed you the like backstory. And I shit you not, Hans, I was cheesing out. It was so funny. Like that Alistair Black is doing his like super serious, like standing in the shadows. And it was as if <laughs> the Velveteen Dream was Jason. He just like creeps up right behind him and just beats the crap out of him. So it's just this funny juxtaposition if Jason was like a giant, <laughs> a fey African-American guy. It's just laying the beat down on this dude. It was so good. It was so funny. Oh my God. That'd be a great, uh, character too like in a feet jason type character if you had the money would you rather own a sports team or a wrestling or jason uh wrestling without 100%. a doubt i'd bring back the. i'd have tony clan in there just a hooded wrestler oh that's the part like not that long ago like i have this i was just reading this book it's called squared circle and it's sort of like a history of like wrestling oh awesome and how it's evolved and like it's so crazy like the more things change the more they stay the same like in the 70s a lot of the most famous wrestlers were just straight up nazis like they come oh. in jack boots and the just because that was the easiest like pop like oh i'm gonna be a bad guy i'm gonna be carrie von eric i'm a nazi but he was really a nazi like dressed like it and would do the Zig Heils and shit. Like, but did they? Was that their? Because I'm talking character. Like, oh, God, that, just no, that's to have, their... like a whole series of. Oh, it's so fun, man! That's play. That's theater. No, and that guy Carrie, like Von Eric, like he start. That's not his real name, right? He got this very Germanic, and he played a Nazi, and like it's kind of like the Ric Flair thing. That's his persona. So his kids are the Von Ericks. Like they're a wrestling family from Texas. But it all started because he just played like a straight up like I'm going to be a Nazi and uh, beat up this Italian guy that's pretending to be a Native American. How do you guys? You think you think all those guys were juicing? Old timers? Yeah. What about uh, the new timers? The new timers are way bigger than the old timers. They're not. They're not supposed to juice, but you know some of those guys are juicing. Triple H was talking about how. Uh, Ric Flair had a kid named Reed Flair. Um, uh -huh. By the way, Ric Flair's real name is Richard Fleer. Oh, that's not much of a change, huh? Right? Um, I thought that was interesting. Like, yeah. Uh, anyways, he had a son named Reed Fleer, Flair, wrestled by the name of Reed Flair. Classic wrestler. Nothing beats a classic wrestler who's just come straight out of the, uh, the like, collegiate wrestling. That was his son. Like, mm -hmm. he wrestled collegiately, yeah. and then his character in wrestling was... I'm like a college wrestler. Classic briefs. <laughs> no fl no no flair, no pun intended, but that was a guy but he was a, he had problems with drugs and he actually ended up overdosing. But that's why he he wrestled in Japan and they were always trying to onboard him onto WWE. By the way, Triple H is like he's not just a wrestler, he's like the upper yeah, echelon of running the organization. He's he's, he's married to Stephanie McMahon. Oh. Okay. He's like he runs the company like he married into it. He's like the COO of it. I yeah. Think. Like he does the day to day. Vince McMahon just yells at people. So he seems like he's got a good goddamn head on his shoulders because he was like, you would think, you know, I'm I'm still thinking lawless wrestling. He was like, nope, Reed mm -hmm. Flair tested positive for cocaine twice. We won't take him. 
wrestlers are supposed to do cocaine. Come on. Yeah, remember Sandman who would like just drink a six pack on the way to the ring? Yes, yes. I mean, all that is like destructive behavior. I'm the last person that should be. But that's the show, man. You're fucking beating the shit out of each other. That's the life you chose. Yeah. You can choose to be like the pretty boy. You can be clean and, but you got to have your hacksaw Jim Duggins drinking whiskey. Iron Sheiks, like (laughs) drinking 12 packs and snorting cocaine on the highway. The weird part is it's always fun to see the guys who are straight laced that you would never expect it. Like, um, uh, uh, who's the guy who, who, who basically pioneered or at least for the league cutting themselves and stuff, man, mankind. Oh yeah. Yeah. Family man. Nerd. In fact, so he's hanging out with Kevin Smith. Oh yeah. He likes sweets. Like that's his only vice. Other than getting his head kicked in for laughs. He made a documentary about his year trying to transform himself into the best Santa Claus there is. Oh, that's right. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, just, oh man, people, uh, like, I I don't know where I'm going with that, but like, if you got time to be a showbie, you got time to create a crazy wrestling league again. That's all I'm saying. Oh, speaking of that, like, Billy Corrigan has his own wrestling league in Chicago. You're fucking kidding me. See? No, there other you go. than other than being in one of the the, be- the better bands of the 1990s, he's also a huge wrestling guy. There's so, so he's hope like in the, the cre- creative talent director of this wrestling league in Chicago. That's the one tin we have that's the one fellow we have left to put in the bin is like the guy you would never kind of expect it cuz he's like the effete artist kind of guy, right? Or am I wrong there? Like I guess, no, like, that's all entertainment, but where's your, uh, like, I want to hear about, I don't know, maybe like a, uh, like a Marilyn Manson shove. Oh, he can't be shove. No? I'm sure he is, but, like, he's too much of a weird, like, he I guess why much why up, upbringing like we did, like, he was just like an oversensitive artist that saw his grandpa jerking off which is why he, like, he wrote a Marilyn great Manson book or whatever. his book his uh autobiography was it, say what you will about him uh, i think time has been very kind to him too because people were very oh yeah uh, against him for whatever reason at the time like he was purposely trying to be outrageous but now that he's had platforms where he can uh he can get away from like the theatrics and people are Somewhat, I want to say, smart enough to separate the two. Really smart guy. He wrote a really good book. He's actually a f- yeah. fantastic actor. He was bizarrely oh God, amazing yeah. in um, Sons of Anarchy. Oh, um, he's so good in Sons of Anarchy. It's insane. And Ashley I, was like, you got to watch this Marilyn Manson's in it. I was like, oh, yeah, what's he playing? She's like, he's a jailhouse Nazi. <laughs> oh. Like uh, 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 a sister, and he rapes, too. He, he rapes bikers. Oh, so, <laughs> I, like, I mean, oh, that's damn. amazing. I And from what I hear, like, he he's a pro wrestler, man. Stan Hope, I guess, hangs out with Doug Stan Hope's this comedian, uh, uh, the salty dog. And he'll tell Stan Hope's not afraid to talk about anything, but he clamps up when he's like, he's like, I went to Marilyn Manson's. I didn't sleep for four days. Like, I guess Manson <laughs> has a, a real den. By the way, speaking of that, like, uh, there's a a show on Netflix, and I I put this out there, like, just because I've been, like, so, like, tra- trapped in, I say tra- trapped in paradise, great movie. I've been trapped, like, just oh, yeah. stuck with, like, 
Um, just watching a lot of TV, can't really go outside. So I saw a lot of Netflix. So I'm saying this as if anybody has time to watch it, but there's a great documentary called The Toys That Made Us. And it's the history of oh. these huge toy campaigns, Star Wars. And they're each about an hour and a half long. It's produced by Brian Volkweiss, you know, who does all, produces all the great comedian, comic specials you see on Netflix. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if he does representation too, but anyways, they go uh, Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Barbie, and He-Man. And they're phenomenal and fantastic. And they just, they follow like the 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 craze of everything. Oh my God, I, I lost track. How do we get to that? Uh, we were talking about Marilyn oh, Manson. Oh, Marilyn Manson. The guy that created Barbie was a sadist who bought the biggest house in Beverly Hills and literally created a Saved by the Bell dungeon in his basement. Cream room? Cream he a creamery? Room. He had his own cream room. And people like, apparently this guy, and he's the classic Hollywood story. This guy worked for NASA, an engineer, created Barbie. Ended up with the biggest sweetheart, because Barbie was never going to take for Mattel, created Barbie mm-hmm. and ended up getting a weird thing in his contract because they were like, all right, well, Barbie's never going to take on. So I don't know. Give him a percentage of every Barbie sold. Jesus. Got a percentage of every Barbie or Barbie Jesus. license item sold, became a billionaire and then um, became insane and basic and drug addled and he was a a, a a sex addict and all these things living this crazy lifestyle to the point where they were like he's so crazy now we can literally just rip up the contract and he won't be able to defend himself so the owner of mattel just went what contract he was like we know it's we have a contract and they're like sue us and he basically was like fine i will spent all of his money doing it Ended up living on the street, dying penniless. Like that whole crazy oh, arc no. that you're like, that could never happen. And then you you hear of all these instances that happen. It's like the lead singer of Three Dog Night pawning his gold records. Oh, God, that's horrific. But, but, but apparently he was a really bad guy. Like, where's the show? Where's those showbies? We haven't quite gotten to the depths of that showbie. Or do you just know what you're in for with one of those guys? Do you know what you're in for when you sign in for a cream room? Yeah, I would like. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. <laughs> sign on the dotted, sign on the dotted long, line with this ba- pi- pipe yeah. on the dotted line with this piping bag full of sweet creams. <laughs> <laughs> sign on the cake. That's one thing. That's you. Do you ever? You ever? You ever? Um, there was a scene in. Uh, now this is getting into my. We're going in the head. We're going. We're going. We're going. In the, we're, going we're 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 opening the door next to the creamery. What's there that was smell? A, it's oh, always with foods and creams with me. There was a scene in Under Siege. It lasted twelve seconds, where the oh, lead yeah. actress jumped out of a cake. That's topless. Right. That's all it took. I was wink, like, wink. I must, when I've made it. There will be cakes with women in it. I want an actress from season one of Baywatch to leap from desserts for me. Oh, was she a Baywatch, quote unquote, babe? She was the first. She was a, the OG. Really? Before the, before, like, she was the original Baywatch babe. There was, like, there was something magnetic about Baywatch babes and 80s hair rockers. Oh, yeah. And it's always like, like, they're like, uh, like so, there was the famous one between Pamela, the famous relationship between 
Pamela Anderson and what's his name? Jason Lee. Uh, Tommy. Tommy Lee. Lee. But then all the other ones, they're like, they're all dating rockers. And then, but it's like, he was the keyboardist from Poison. Like, what? (laughs) How did that, how did that happen? It quickly falls off the uh, pecking order. Uh, They, they probably, you know, you never know. I feel like this happens because they always meet at the Playboy Mansion. And it's not like Mm -hmm. people wear name badges at the Playboy Mansion. So it's like, who's this guy? He's in Poison. But it turns out he's their, here's their secondary percussionist. (laughs) Yeah. I open for them. Uh, No, speaking of that, Chovy, did you hear that after Hugh Hefner died, they uh, found secret plans for tunnels underneath the Playboy Mansion? Cream rooms? Basically, they were tunnels connecting to James Kahn's house, Jack Nicholson's house. Wait, wait, Human trafficking cream rooms. Wait, wait. Did they have houses on his property? They were close. They were going to build tunnels to all of their homes. You mean like a tunnel, let's just be generous, a block away? Like a what? Like Like a city block away? Yeah. That's insane. I would assume there would be golf carts involved. Oh, they're like El Chapo, El Chovy. Mm-hmm. El Chovy. <laughs> That's, I still have to get this book because I keep hearing about El it. El Chovo. This, this comedian, Dana Gould, keeps recommending it. And I keep forgetting to put it on my list right under Fire and Fury. But there's a tell-all book about <laughs> Hugh Hefner that came out um, prior to his death where the, remember he had that show with, where he had like three wives or something. Oh, right. Girls Next Door or something? Yeah, My, yeah. my favorite bunny or something <laughs> shit like that? I thought, uh, yeah. Uh, but they they had a non... Anybody that's like in his circle or like in a relationship with him, quotes, mm-hmm. uh, has to sign non-disclosure agreements, right? Well, mm-hmm. those lapsed. And so these ladies wrote a book and he, it's as crazy as you would expect. In fact, this might not even blow your mind, but they're like... Um, in order for Hugh Hefner to get aroused, they had to put gay porn on the television, and they had to finger his butthole for hours. And he had these like weird like schedules, like where it was like Thursday is movie night, don't touch my oatmeal dandies, and Friday from noon till four, you have to finger me and watch The Great Gatsby. It's like really <laughs> insane. And he repeated like this, like like he was like. It was like back when I was drinking and you get caught in like these uh, K-holes where I was like, this weekend I'm just going to drink whiskey and watch Big from DVD menu. It was one of those DVDs that started automatic. You remember those? Not the ones where the menu played the same song over and over again. But there was a period where DVDs would play through the movie, give you about 60 60 to 120 seconds on the menu, and then just start the movie over again. And I just had a disgusting, like you and I with the Transformers menu enter, but like where I just woke up out of a stupor to a different part of Big and I'd watch it for like five (laughs) minutes and have a drink and fall asleep. Like that's pure insanity. That's Hugh Hefner levels. Yeah. Whether booze were involved at all, he still woke up. Like he still came to, I would imagine, to a certain level of consciousness. It was like, I don't know what year it is. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know what year it is, and I couldn't tell you what month it is or the date, but I know it's Wednesday because I've come to and we're watching the same movie that I force everyone in the house, like, 
uh, some de- like Krang to watch no, you know, right, yeah. Citizen Kane every Tuesday for the last 40 years. You think he's got bad taste in movies? You think he's like a Captain Ron? Like everybody had to watch Captain Ron 5,000 times? Again, you'd like to think so, but I think he just had a uh, taste in movies that was stuck in the period before he lost right, his yeah. mind, which just happened to be most likely a, good... a renaissance of movies. Like, yes, if I were to... Sure. Watch a Maltese Falcon, right, Citizen yeah. Kane, It's a Wonderful Life. I would have tunnels to my wrestling rinks. I would make everybody watch <laughs> Captain Ron. I, you know, like just, yeah, the, the, the things you do with the money, like it's weird. Two people this week, won solo lottery jackpots, one guy in Florida and one person in New Hampshire, and they were huge. So they literally got checks cut to them without having to share for like $271 million. Do we all turn into DuPont from Foxcatcher I, with enough time and money? Is that just like what humans do? What else are you going to do? It's You got the one ride. What are you going to do? Be, be a philanthropist? What about Musk? Would you would you put him in a different category just because the things he's doing are game changing? He's still sacked, but I'm just I, saying. He's insane. Yeah, he's forward thinking. He's trying to do something. But what he's not you, just like wrestling horses for pleasure. Yeah, but no, but I bet so he's like this I bet he has a digital cream room. Oh, sure. I'm he has the first sex robot. R- yes, no doubt about it. He's he's got he's a sleeping with a machine. They, oh, they can't hashtag, they don't hashtag, and they no should, because Musk is a tyrant <laughs> to them. Just abusing these robots, it's like a Black Mirror episode. I hope they're boxy, you know, fridge-looking robots, too, with just- See, but that, that's what gets him, that's what gets him Randy, is like that classic old Macintosh look. Oh, yeah, it's like-, like Boxy it's like... and off-color. Yeah, it's he. It's the same way as like people that go online. They're like, I'm so sick of watching these women with, you know, all this makeup and good lighting and fake tits and stuff. They're like, can I just watch two ugly people have sex because some scumbag left his iPhone on? That's what I'll click <laughs> no, on. No, it's true. That's what but he that's is. Probably. He's he just like security footage of people like having awkward voyeur sex. It's like you were talking about with Johnny, like spying on your neighbor. You're like, oh, <laughs> she's taking a dump. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, he can't have sex with like an actual android looking robot. He has to have sex with a robot that actually has um, a uh, Roomba, you know, like dryer vent arms. <laughs> yeah. You got to get cut. You, there's the risk factor. Yeah. <laughs> you got to show some color. <laughs> I hope Musk is, I hope his house is like really um unkempt <laughs> i hope he doesn't have anything oh right he just i don't know if he has stuff do you think do you get to a level where you just who wants stuff i can have all the stuff i feel like it like he's a tech guy so it's like i'm sure he likes it's like we were talking about with henning that one time of like oh bill gates's house adjusts its temp as he walks through right not necessary but it's a cool gadget He's sure. a gadget guy. He invents gadgets. I don't think I'd, you know, that's a good point. I never thought about it, but how much easier would it be to have that much money and just not have a house? I'd stay at La Quinta's. Never have to worry about it. Just, or whatever hotels around you just, if you're, if you're doing work in yeah. Cleveland that day, you just stay at the, 
you know. Right. The no, Marriott. I would argue that if you have, you know, 15 houses around the globe, do you really have a home? Like, wh- right. where's your home base? So why why bother having upkeep on all those things when you can just, you know, Motel 6 it? I know. That's when Musk looks in his telescope at Mars and weeps. <laughs> that's my home. <laughs> like, the people at Motel 6 are like, I, Mr. Musk, the pool closes at 10. Come on, guys. <laughs> Can you look the other way for another 15? I'm getting my soap. And I'm positing that there's a Motel like, 6 in the world with a pool. <laughs> he tries to bribe you, but you got to use your phone. So he's like, just tap the phones. And he drops it in the hot tub. <laughs> I uh, I stayed at a um, hotel on our way to South Dakota. And it was one. I, I forget the. it was. Actually, there's these hotels down south called Drury's. D-R-U-R-Y. You heard of them? Yeah. They have like, they're kind of, they're actually very cool. And most of them are very well kept, but they have all the popcorn and fountain drink soda you want. And if you're an adult, not a little child like me, they actually have like (laughs) free happy hours for people that are staying. So you can just go get lit from like five to seven. That sounds awesome. Yeah, and they give you lunches. They they have they're like they have buffets and shit like on breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whatever. Anyways, stayed at a not so savory Drury in uh, where were we? Outside of Kansas City, oddly enough, I think. And uh, it was I was like, oh my god, I'm already in South Dakota. I'm not in South Dakota because I was I went to the pool. Uh, I was playing uh, Marco Polo with my nephews, and then Scuzzers. Two Bud Light suitcases under their arms. They're like, don't worry. And the guy who worked there, excuse me, was a buddy. So they got to, they got after our pool privilege. And I was like, (laughs) so I'm sitting in the hot tub and this is all I had to hear where I was like, all right, guys, we're going up to the room. They were like, how old are you? 25. You look 18. And I was like, I gotta go. Oh God. (laughs) What does that mean? What does that mean? Is that a compliment? Is it a anything? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> you look 18. Thanks. I'm still under 30. So I'm, I'm just young. Well, I'm, those are ages that are close to each other. I guess one yeah. might be weirdly sexual because it's often seen in taglines under porns. Yeah. I want you to be 18. <laughs> God. Uh, God. You're right. They're like so close that it's just almost innocuous. How old are you? 23? You look like you're 21 to me. Like, who gives a shit? I, uh, let me see. I wrote down, I know we're getting, let me see. Did I have any, uh, I'm getting audited by the IRS. Ugh. New York or Fed? Fed, baby. Oh. <laughs> an <laughs> audit? A full-on, like, proper dad audit? Uh, it's a, it's a, it's an audit. It's actually, I, thank God. I don't know what. The, the things happen for a reason. For whatever reason, when I did my tax this year, I paid the extra $40 for audit protection. So all I have mm-hmm. to do is deal with a guy that deals with the IRS. He's like, send me receipts and shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ugh. it's exactly like you talked about, like when I was bartending, right? When I was like, I don't know, like I get paid in cash. I don't know how to keep track of my cash. I was like, what if I got audited? And you're just like, all you have to do is like just what are you going to do? Just say I don't know. You're going to drive your auditor crazy. What do you want me to tell yeah. you? 
I can't do anything for you. Well, you're going to owe us money. I I don't have any money. What do you want? Like, that's it. Like, you know that. like at yeah. the end of the day, like, I was kind of like when I opened it, I was like, oh, this is a new experience. I feel like I'm in trouble. And then I was just like, I... I made $8.95 delivering food, delivering a pack of ribs to somebody. That was my day yesterday for Uber. So it's like, what are you, what could you, you can't take dignity. I don't have any money. Got none. I called myself Dr. Toilet. What are you going to do? Yeah, right. So the, the only thing they could take from me is my, you know, my, my sweet incantations in my mind. They can take my dreams, maybe, if they have a, <laughs> some kind of weird... Good. Uh, have them. <laughs> yeah. They'll give them back right quick. I guarantee you that. <laughs> I'm good with this. What's this cream room nonsense? <laughs> we can't tax this. Am I going to get in trouble for having this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. That, yeah, if you take... if you, I bet if you go into anybody's head and take out thoughts, your first feelings will don't. be guilt and your second feeling will be anxiety. You don't want to know that about somebody. You there's just a, don't. You just don't. There's a great line uh, in a Modest Mouse, Mouse song that's basically like... Uh, oh, well, you shouldn't say that if you can't remember it perfectly. But if, like, if you could hear everyone else's thoughts about you in the world you would pray that they would just shut up. Like if you could hear what everybody else was talking about you, you would like, can you imagine the, has anybody done that must be a ploy? Like if you could read people's minds, I know it from my side. Like if, like I'll be literally talking to somebody face by face to face. And I was like, if they could read my mind, they would straight sock me in the gut right now. (laughs) It's nothing hurtful, nothing hateful, but it's probably just a lot like, Shut up, shut up. Like, I gotta, I have places to be, things to do, like, uh, self-importance, this and that. But just because, or it's just like, probably a lot of times, and I, I know it's on the other side, so that's why I'm not a, I should, everyone should be so honest about it. It's just like, you're so boring, right? You're so boring right now. We're, yeah. uh, let me change it. We're so boring right now. Right, yeah. Heard a lot what of feeling is one superpower. No, it's true. You just be like, I, I don't need, to, I don't need you to think that while I'm talking. I know it's stupid. I know what I'm saying is stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just end up having a conversation bounced back to yourself. That's what my brain is telling me. Like, why are you saying this right? Oh now? God, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I didn't want to sound like, like any any amount of like judgment or egotism. It's me fighting me. <sighs> back and back. Like I'm back. We and- joked. It- isn't like that working with young young people, I feel like it's very much like me having a conversation with my own head. Because you just say the dumbest shit. Like we're talking about what we did the candy thing. It was like, man, six would sure are big these days. And I was like, why did you say that? <laughs> Who gives a yeah. shit? Oh god, they didn't need your commentary. You didn't need to say it out loud. You could have just kept that little chestnut up in your head. That was like my New Year's resolutions. Was like I'm gonna stop talking about these things, and they were all dad things. I was like, I'm just going to stop putting out in the air when I'm stressed out about uh, money. Uh, I guess these two are related, like jobs, um, uh, emotions. I guess that one's a weird one. <laughs> that one's a. Weird, I'm gonna stop talking about my emotions. <laughs> You do. You gotta get a. You gotta get that thick, soft dad shell. Oh, I'm getting keep one. It, keep it's, it in. Keep it close. It doesn't to, take close long. To the chest. You forget. Like I heard a great. I didn't. Uh, you should probably uh, wrap it. But uh, I'm getting a because speaking of dad stuff, don't you have dad stuff mm-hmm. to do? Yeah, I do. Um, 
we'll leave it there. Everybody's like, what is that? What does that mean? Um, I got to go rake. You know, I'm literally, garage. I'm literally looking out my window at a yard that needs to be raked. I had that thought two minutes ago. Oh God. <laughs> We're on the same wavelength now. Um, I, uh, was I getting at, uh, emotion? Where was I going? Christ. You said you, you wanted to, you're going to button it up, button those emotions up. Stop sharing, oversharing. Yeah. And I guess, I guess that was, oh, oh, dad shell. Yeah. A dad shell comes with a nice soft bit of, uh, flesh. doesn't take long. Like I heard, uh, there's that show, comedians and cars getting coffee and, uh, Jim Gaffigan, Jerry Seinfeld was talking to Jim Gaffigan and he was asking him, it must be hard having all these kids and living in new york and jim gaffigan made it perfect he's not a new yorker he just said i can't live anywhere else in new york because of the convenience because it seems like everywhere else you are when you're just trying to do something simple order a sandwich order a coffee it seems like everybody in front of you is just it's their first day on the planet (laughs) like so everything just takes five more minutes and that doesn't even include like the time going to and from and that's not where I was getting at. The dad shell is just like, now I don't ride my bike anymore. So I was actually oh God, researching. Yeah. You can actually change your body's physical chemistry by doing too much exercise. Uh-huh. So I gained like 15. I've never weighed this much in my life. That was the other thing I was going to stop talking about, physical appearance. But um, I just really uh, put on the, uh, I feel like uh, Tim the Tool Man Tinsel in his first Santa oh, Claus. Shit, yeah. Really putting no, it that's on. Old- dad probs I, I totally agree it was like my buddy josh moved from new york to nashville and he's like dude i got a fitbit because you don't realize how quick you pack it on because you move you just move so much less yes when you're that's not it in new york and i could give like, a sh- i could give a shit about like the the like the having like the physical show in a way i don't care but i was telling you and ash when we were recording night court i can't feel my right leg like it's just <laughs> numb i have trouble walking like my hip already hurts oh man and i think that's because i just aches. i went too hard trying to take care of myself and now my body's like well you just put in 15 years of bodily maintenance and now you're about to crumple like benjamin button or something yeah like once you stop, then your body's like, "Oh, good, we're done." I mean, I'm done. done. No, we're done, done. We're not picking that up again. Oh, and and it doesn't help. Literally, I think I took a picture and put it up on Jerk Practice. Oh yeah, real quick for all you listeners, I should have put it out before, um, and I should have proposed this to you before. But uh, I think from now on, just to keep more of the conversation uh, connected and and fluid. We're going to start just posting conversations about the specific, the recent episode on our Facebook page. So if you hear something that's gotcha. wrong, if you find something that you want to add on that's interesting, just throw it up on the Facebook page. We'll have a conversation about it. The blog will still happen, but it'll probably still happen more on specific. It'll probably be more of a Henning style blog, New Heart, where there's something that actually needs a diatribe, not necessarily specific about uh, an episode. But uh, so so really, the the Facebook page is going to get a lot more active. Promises, promises. But that's what that's what we're doing. So if you're looking for blogs, the last few episodes, don't worry, I'm working on them. They're about to come out. But after 
I forget what episode this is, but after, but onto this episode, we'll start to feel free to start posting with whatever that we're, Musk's we're sex robot. We're close to episode 75. Ooh, nice. I like that milestone. I think maybe that's this one. Could be. Than, this is 74C. Yeah, we didn't even mention we took a bit of a hiatus since we're all moving around, did we? Oh, back. Back in the seat, dad seat, dad chair. <laughs> that's where that's dad where the chair. music should just come in. Back, jerk. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, I, the last thing I was gonna say is literally the day after the New Year's Day, I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna go run. I'm gonna get a little yeah. exercise. You know, uh, just try and get back in it. And it was pizza day at my gym. Oh God, you a, sent that. You put that message, and I was like, really giving up already, Jim. Yeah, I. Uh, but the then I looked at the fine print. The new year. Like we're talking to Meg, and I was like, "What? Like, or talking to Meg?" And then we asked, "Like, it's Pete's? What do you mean Pete's Day?" They're like, "Yeah, first first Monday or whatever, first day of the month is always Pizza Day." And they're like, "And the first Tuesday of every second week is Bagel Day," and we got a guy coming to give haircuts the first, uh, the third week of every month. Jesus, that's insane. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's cool. It's not a bad thing. The last not... place I want to eat a slice of pizza and is a sweaty damn oh, gym. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I didn't even go over and look at the... Somebody asked me, like, where'd they get the pizza? I took... Don't know. I don't can't, care. There's already the smells in there, the smell coming off of yourself. The food smells like my gym bag, which is I don't want to ever cross the streams of... Although, isn't it worth... Pizza. Isn't it worthwhile to make a scene to just go in there? Without any gym clothes, knowing it's pizza day, and just sit by the pizza in front of the front desk, which is where it's located, and eat an entire pizza. Put wipe the corner on. of your mouth. Do it. Yeah, wipe the corner of your mouth. There's a button you can hit for, there's a smiley face, a medium face, and a frowny face button you hit when you leave the gym that says if we're doing a good job or not. Just hit the button. Hit the frown button and leave. Yeah. That was the saddest man I've ever seen. Just bring a briefcase and smash as much pizza as you can fit in your briefcase. And uh, frowny face, I'm out of here. Actually, there is an entire room full of vibrating recliners at this gym with TVs in front of it. I wonder if they would stop you if you just literally took an entire box of pizza into the <laughs> recliner room chair. and watched TV. <laughs> Watch Fox News. <laughs> oh, that Hannity. Jerk practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Three quarters of a hundy, Bundy, that's episode 75, and it feels good to be alive. 2018, and ain't nothing on Weinstein. That made sense. Um, Wow, it's great to be podcasting, it's great to be uh, putting some more out there. Um. If you liked what you heard, definitely go back and check out some other episodes. Uh, uh, please give us a rating, especially a review would be really nice. It helps other people find the pod. And I mentioned it in the podcast, unless it got cut, but we don't do the cuts. Um, we will no longer be having the, the companion blog on jerkpractice.com. Uh, there will be blogs. We'll keep you updated on the Facebook if there's like a longer rant or or something we we want to focus on or something new that'll definitely head up on the on the blog but you can find out about that we'll keep you posted on our on our facebook page which is uh at jerk practice podcast 
where we're now going to companionize. That's a word now, as Verno says, it is now. Um, our our blog, uh, our episodes on there. So throughout the week, as we release each episode, we'll start conversations or continue the conversations that we began in the episode. Um, and we invite you to to post on there as well. I know I know a lot of you do that already, but uh, uh, continue and feel free to uh, negate or say great to the pod. Uh, that's it. Is it really? That's it. One last thing. Here's a little crossover coldie for you. Just a taste. And if you like it, the whole sweet Shabazz is on Have a Good Night Court. Check it out. It was a little after five in the morning when Harry slowly opened his eyes to realize that what he experienced hours before wasn't a dream. He noticed that Billy wasn't in bed. He found his boxers and went to find her. He heard water running in the brightly lit bathroom and found Billy in a robe, brushing her teeth. Hi, my lady, my love. Up so early? Come on back to bed. Harry, you don't have to be nice. I know I look like crap in the morning. You remember how I looked after I spent the night in jail. You look pretty good for a gal who's just been deloused. <laughs> You could have any woman you want, Harry. What's so special about me? You're quite generous by saying that I could get any woman that I want. This might come as a shock to you, Billy, but I didn't have a line of women begging to go out with me. I had a prom date in high school who went out with me on a dare. I had a girlfriend who dumped me right after graduation from college. I know I look okay and all, but I'm not your average modern guy. And that's what I like about you, Harry. Because sometimes you're not like other guys. You're not afraid to be yourself in spite of anything or anybody. I wouldn't have you any other way. You're something special. Billy? Yeah? What would you say if I told you that that I'm falling in love with you? <laughs> After rocking the bed with me, you're in love? No. I've been in love with you since the night at the hospital. I've never stopped. But when you said that you took back everything you said, I needed to protect my own feelings. So I said that I didn't mean it either. Oh, Harry. I guess that I thought swallowing a circus whistle was one of the dumbest things that a human being could do.